Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. I know your name is Rita, because your perfume is smelling sweet. Well, the Biden administration says, yeah, the world's on fire, but boy, we had nothing to do with it. I contend appeasement has everything to do with it. And now we have three dead U.S. service members, dozens injured after that drone strike by an Iranian proxy group in the country of Jordan. And, of course, we've had all these strikes. Now, this was 166. By the way, there's another one today. I should say it's 167 because now we had another one today on a U.S. base. So clearly, guess what? Iran isn't getting the message and does not seem to feel threatened whatsoever by this president. But it is clear that things are so dangerous and so dysfunctional all over the world. And that's why, as we were talking about that wide-open southern border Having a wide open southern border at a time where there are so many individuals wishing to do America harm is a formula for catastrophe. And sadly, I think it's just a question of when, not if, we will have some sort of attack on our homeland because there are so many individuals here that we have no idea who they are, where they're coming from. And it comes at a time where the world is really on fire. There are reports today that in Yemen, There are thousands of people burning American flags and Israeli flags and that the just the tension is unbelievable. And we heard from President Biden a few hours ago saying that, yes, there will be some sort of repercussion. There will be retaliation by America that they will do something to those who struck that outpost, which is outpost. It's called Tower 22 right there where the base was in Jordan, where the Americans were killed while they were sleeping by that drone. And as we're looking at all of those layers, they're also seeing what kind of response should they do in return. They got to do something. There's so much pressure. They should have done something to begin with. And maybe all these other attacks would not have happened. They have been so soft, so late and so delayed And then you, again, have that open southern border. All of this is so dangerous. And so finally, President Biden had an epiphany today, and he said, yeah, we are going to respond. We have decided that there will be a response. And then, of course, the next question was, well, what are you going to do and where are you going to do it? And even though President Biden typically speaks without a filter, at least he knew enough to say, I'm not going to tell you. You'll just have to see. And then they said, well, will this be a message to Iran? Will they stop? And he said, we'll see. So we will see what kind of response the world is waiting to see what America will do. There are reports that American aircraft are heading into the region, uh, probably for future strikes that are going to take place. The question is, will it be these little Iranian proxy groups? Will they hit a couple more empty warehouses like they've been doing for the last few weeks? 
Or will they decide to kind of man up and go after some very significant targets, whether it's tied to these rebel groups or maybe even some oil infrastructure tied to Iran? There's a lot of really flush targets out there. The question is, what will this administration do? And then what kind of response could come after that? There are a lot of a lot of questions tonight. And he is saying that there will be a response He is also saying that when the bodies come to Dover Air Force Base, because the bodies are going to be arriving there on Friday from the three U.S. service members, again, who lost their lives, they and the the remains, of course, and the family members, well, they will be coming to Dover Air Force Base on Friday. And there was question at first if the president was going to be there. Uh, It just came out a little bit ago that indeed they will uh, they will be meeting, the staff will be meeting there, and also President Biden will be going there to meet with the family members that they said they would like him to come, uh, which, you know, I think it's always respectful for a president to come. It was two women and one man, and the families will be there. Of course, that's going to be probably one of the most difficult things for any president uh, to go there while those caskets come at Dover. I've been at Dover when the caskets come in. It is just unbelievably emotional and gripping. And how do you just, you know, thank these families for their children giving the ultimate sacrifice? Uh, there's no words to describe it. I hope he doesn't look at his watch. Remember that time when the others came in from that were killed at Abbey Gate in Afghanistan after the dismal withdrawal? And you saw him looking at his watch all the time? So hopefully his people will make sure he doesn't wear a watch so he doesn't keep looking down at his watch. But we heard today from Antony Blinken, of course, the secretary of state under Biden. And he said that clearly this is such a perilous time, one of the most perilous ever in American history. And he said this is the worst situation he thinks in terms of on the Middle East in 50 years. Listen to how he described the situation. I would argue that we have not seen a situation as as dangerous as the one we're facing now across the region since at least 1973. Since at least 1973. And then earlier today on Cats and Cosby, we spoke with General Keith Kellogg, who was a national security advisor in the Trump administration. He said that he believes he has never seen a more perilous situation in the world than since 1938, that this is essentially more like 1938 on the verge of World War II, just because of the hatred toward the Jews that the Muslims have over there, and especially as we have seen what's going on with Gaza, what they did on October 7th, just that whole combination, he says, right now that this is just so horrific and so dangerous and such a perilous moment in world history. That's pretty stark when you hear somebody like that say, this is what we're on the precipice of. And then we got a wide open southern border, but who cares, according to President Biden? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Bob in Wisconsin. Bob, your thoughts about all this? Rita, you know, you just spell out so many points that it's really hard for me after listening for the last couple of minutes on hold 
you know, to pick a, a subject which you have not already orchestrated the whole meaning behind. So it makes it difficult to bring up a new point with you. Bob, I have a feeling you got a lot of points. So let's hear them. What, what do you think? How worried are you of what's going on right now? Um, and especially as we're waiting to see what President Biden does and also, as we're wondering, sadly, who's coming to our country with so many people? What What is the biggest issue for you that worries you the most? The sleeper cells entering our country through the southern border, which are beyond our counting. Who knows what their agenda is? Who knows what they will, you know, all of a sudden, one little word from Tehran, and we've got problems across the United States. Another thing is the fact that Iran was practicing launching missiles from the top of ships which carry, uh, you know, those the back of the semis. Well, one of them apparently opened up, and I heard this uh, through Sky Media, so I believe it because I don't believe American media for the most part, said that it launched, went up 2,500 feet and exploded. Now, there's only a couple of things you would explode at 2,000-plus feet above the ground. One's nuclear, and one's that uh, the, uh, the bomb which destroys all electronics. Uh, and it's an aftermath of a nuclear, but they've learned to isolate it. So that's what I'm gravely concerned about. I'm 69 years old. And I have family that, you know, they're in the military right now. And we're under the influence of someone who is not capable because he's never served, never held a job, and never really amounted to much of anything. But yet he's in control of all the playing pieces on our chessboard globally now. It's scary. Yeah, Rita, I, it is. I love you. It is. Oh, Bob, you are so sweet. Bob, well, you just had a whole bunch of great stuff, and I love you, too. And you you know what? Uh, it is scary, and I think you hit it on the head. It's sort of that unknown. We have somebody who, even though uh, he's the oldest uh, president, and he certainly acts like it uh, times, and age is not the issue. It's the acuity, when I contend, when I look at him. But he seems to have the least experience when it comes to dealing with crises, for someone who's been in politics for literally decades upon decades, he seems to be so green when it comes to dealing with uh, tyrants and dealing with the border. There's just so many issues here. But you're right. It's that unknown. We don't know what is ahead. And that is a scary situation. And when you're dealing with these people who like the terrorists and Hamas and, and all of these offshoots of these Iranian groups that are clearly all funded by Tehran and the mullahs there, uh, who definitely don't have Americans' interests at heart and are working with Russia. This is There's just a lot of bad actors out there, and they all seem to be coordinated. They all seem to be working together. And that, to me, is, is a formula for grave concern. And a president who I just, I agree with you, I don't, I don't have faith in him that when he's in the situation room that he would make the right call. And I would hope that there are other people around him who would say, uh, that's not a good move, Mr. President. And I'm not sure that he even has that either. And that should uh, that should keep, I think, sadly, all Americans up at night. Bob, you are terrific. Thank you, Bob, so much. Uh, let's go to Robert in Suffolk. Line two, Robert, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. This is a real big story. 
National Guardsmen have been being sent overseas by the hundreds. Every Guardsman that is not in this country is one that can't help protect and defend us from mass violence and an invasion like we're having now. Biden is deliberately sending them out of the country to make us weaker. Oh, that's an interesting point. So you believe, Robert, that obviously with them busy elsewhere, that they're not protecting the homeland. Um, that's that's a great point to bring up because with the border, you're right. We need them more than ever. On the other hand, look at what's happening over there. There's just so many hot spots. That's part of the problem right now, Robert, that there's so many flashpoints, whether it's our southern border or somewhere else. All of that, you're right. Uh, you know, we're spread too thin. That That's a superb point. Let's go to Mike on the Lower East Side. Mike, your thoughts. Uh, while you read it. Yeah, I think uh, I think these small attacks by the Houthis and Iran, that's all coordinated by the Ob- uh, Biden, Obama, just to let us think that they're at odds with one another, man. These are coordinated attacks. So they, we would think that uh, Biden and, and Iran are against one another so they, they could get the vote. They're all together, man. These are all played out freaking attacks. They're all light attacks. You know, they're all by Houthis. They're not by Iran. But meanwhile, Iran's behind it. It's all coordinated by uh, Biden and Obama. It's a scam, man. It's a, it's a smoke screen. Well, you know what? It's a it's a pretty scary smoke screen, don't you think? Uh, why do you think it's coordinated by them? Why do you believe that, Mike? Well, well, well uh, I, I ran in Obama. They're, they're, they're together. So you, you believe know, you all, believe they're even? Do you believe they're so orchestrated that they're actually? Uh, I, I see. I I believe that clearly Obama has been complicit with Iran in terms of you know giving the money, the the pallets of cash. I but I still uh, always believe that no American president I don't think would allow attacks. Uh, you don't believe well, that. You're not saying that. Well, well, I mean, they've done worse than that. They 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 allowed uh, thirteen servicemen to to get slaughtered. I mean, uh, uh, that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. They're killing Americans, man. We got to read the writing on the wall. These people are against us. I hate to say it, you know. I mean, I I, I hate to I hate to think that a, an American president would do this, but they're doing it. Well, I will I will agree with you that so many of their policies are so anti-American and so counterproductive to our interests that you have to wonder why some, why they're doing, I mean, so many of these things, whether it comes to oil and gas, open border, uh, you know, fund, helping to fund Iran and still not sanctioning them even at this moment. I mean, there, there are just so many issues that just don't seem to have America's interest. So uh, I agree with you on that aspect. I don't know if they would uh, coordinate uh, any sort of attacks. That, to me, obviously, that is beyond traitorous behavior if that were to happen. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show, everybody. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China. 
and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Justin from our great newsman here, Bob Brown, the great Bob Brown, by the way, who we always have on all the time, especially with our great election coverage. Well, Bob was just sharing this with me that Gail Manchin, who is the wife of West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin, is now in the hospital after being injured in a car wreck in Birmingham. And it happened early this week on Monday. Uh, we're hearing that on Tuesday, of course, the, the mansion office released a statement on his wife's health after she was allegedly involved in the accident. He said that, yes, they were involved in the accident on the way from the airport to the hotel. They were both admitted to the hospital and are getting excellent care. She remains in stable condition, but will be there for a couple days for precautionary measures. And thanks, everybody, for their assistance and also support. So it sounds like she is going to be okay, thank goodness. Um, and boy, what a scary situation. Always we were hearing that the accident may have been very bad. Obviously, it took her to the hospital, but it sounds like she is going to make a full recovery. So that is great, great news. Also, by the way, after the break, we're also going to be talking about the fact that in New York, the crazy New York City Council overwhelmingly decided to override Mayor Eric Adams' veto. He was trying to block a bill that would bog police officers down with having to do paperwork that's so unnecessary and makes their jobs even more difficult. And lo and behold, yep, all right, they decided, too bad, Mayor Adams, we're going to go through with it. We want to bog the police down and make their jobs even more difficult. You can't make it up. We're going to get your thoughts on that. We're talking about Iran, President Joe Biden, and so much more. Let's go real quick to Bruce, line three. Bruce, your thoughts about all this. What a mess the world's in. Uh, yes, ma'am. Thank you for taking my call. You're, um, you're welcome, would, Bruce. Yes, ma'am. Uh, I appreciate all that you do. I would like to wish Miss Manchin a very speedy recovery. Absolutely. Thank you, Bruce, very much. I agree 100% because thank goodness she's going to be okay. And it's good to hear that firsthand from, of course, the senator directly there. Bruce, thank you. And I love that voice. You've got to be a radio voice with that great, deep voice of yours there, Bruce. Cosby is on. 
And there are a lot of protests and problems in the streets of America. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It is so tough to be a police officer these days. And boy, is it getting tougher and tougher. And just in the last few hours, the extremely liberal New York City Council voted overwhelmingly to override a veto on solitary confinement. There was going to be uh, basically a continuation of solitary confinement. And guess what? The city council said, you know what, we have to create a bill that blocks that because it's not nice to do to people who are committing serious crimes or beating up officers, correction officials. No, we got to do away with solitary confinement. So they put a bill forward on that. They also put a bill forward that police officers, even on fairly routine stops, have to now fill out paperwork of everybody that they talk to. And some of the criteria in the paperwork that they have to fill out is really insane. It's like, what is the approximate age? Even if you didn't talk to the person, you got to take a guess. Uh, What's the age? What's the race? Uh, Do you have any idea about their background? What is this? What does that have to do with fighting crime? We just talked about the case of all these migrants, this mob of migrants that were beating up on police officers in Times Square. Uh, I mean, this is what police officers are dealing with. They are under assault everywhere, all over, not just New York City, but all over America. we got to protect our police. we got to add more officers. We can't start bogging them down everywhere they turn. And that's what this new bill does. But just a few hours ago, the good old New York City Council, with a vote of 42 to 9, decided to override Mayor Eric Adams' veto. In other words, now it's legislation that is about to go into effect where, again, they will ban solitary confinement. They will bog our cops down with extra paperwork. This is the definition of insanity. And to me... These people, just like we're talking about Joe Biden, uh, I thought they cared about the city. I thought they cared about keeping communities safe. That seems to be a low priority to their ultra-liberal progressive agenda. They are playing politics, and it's downright dangerous for citizens. So earlier today on Cats and Cosby, John Katsimatidis and I talked to the chief of parole, the chief of patrol, forgive me. He probably wish he was chief of parole, but he wouldn't see too many people. I guess he would see a lot of people because they get out on parole all the time, but he's the chief of patrol and he does see a lot of people, unfortunately. Chief John Shell. And listen to what he said, because we spoke with him soon after this horrible vote came down from the New York City Council. And he said, boy, the job of officers is about to get a lot more difficult. Here is the chief. Well, they did it. The New York City Council overrode Mayor Eric Adams' veto. We're in deep crap. This is terrible. Bogging police down uh, with all this paperwork and a whole bunch more. It's disgusting. And joining us now to talk about all of this is the chief of patrol there at the NYPD, uh, Chief John Shell. Chief, your reaction. Uh, The mayor put up a good fight, uh, but sadly, and I'm looking, I think the vote was 42 to 9 in the New York City Council. I mean, that it's, I'm so sad for us, and I'm sad for the city, and I'm sad for you guys at the NYPD. Well, uh, good evening, guys, first and foremost. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a law now. You know, we always, we always supported the 
the concept of the bill. The mayor has long stood for transparency in public safety, but we just don't agree with what they're calling a level one stop. And let me be clear, there's no such thing as a level one stop. It's an inquiry. It's not based on uh, on being suspicious or accusatory. It, it, it doesn't exist. So we, we agree with the level two stop, which I'll get into a moment, but now every inquiry we have starting in July, we have to do a, a report on a phone. So let's just put this in context. Last year, we did eight and a half million calls for service. Assuming everyone is one person on those calls, that's eight and a half million times next year, we'll have to do this. We went out Saturday with the city council for our ride along, which I'm sure you, you saw, and they had a lot of intriguing questions. Uh, they were curious. I don't think they were clear on the difference between a level one stop and a level two stop. And hopefully now there's some room for negotiation for July to kind of fix this. And we all want transparency and safety for our community. Uh, but maybe we can we can dive deeper into this and find that sweet spot how we can get this done. So they postponed it to July one before it, it takes effect. No, I think it just it just takes effect on Jul- on July one. So. You know, we want to still go out with the city council and show them what this is like. Like I said, they were very intrigued the other night. We took them to a couple instances throughout the city. One was a shooting of a poor girl in Queens. Uh, she's going to be okay. And there was 50, 60 people at this party. So the detective bureau had to speak to 60 people and say, hey, did you see what happened? Although now, as of law, those are 60 separate reports we have to do where we have to guess their age, sex, and race. So when it comes to transparency and accuracy, well, we're guessing at these things. So I don't know where that fits into this. Now, how are they going to are they going to have people watching a patrol officers to see and set them up? How are they going to know who who saw who? Well, it come it will come down in July uh, how we're going to document these uh, encounters on calling because a level one again is not a stop; it's not accusatory. The person is free to go, which is helping South find information. One councilman the other night asked, well, what happens uh, if someone loses their puppy? Well, we ran, ran around a couple blocks saying, have you seen this puppy? And we spoke to 10 people. That's 10 reports to find the dog. So That's nobody's going to go around looking for the puppy? Well, listen, we, we will. And we'll listen, we're, we're at agency. Now it's law. And we'll be talking to the council for the next couple months. Maybe we can figure something out as we take them out in the street and show them different different inquiries, but we will do our job and, and we'll, we'll, we'll get it done. But in terms of community relations with our police officers, which is paramount, well, now it's going to be a little afraid. Cops are going to be, well, do I talk to this person? Do I not talk to this person? So it's going to take a, a, a toll there. Uh, our response time to calls for service, no matter if you're doing it on a phone, on a piece of paper, if you're doing it during your shift, after your shift, there's an overtime concern now. So we, we have to discuss this further, and maybe we can come to a compromise, we're hoping. And you're asking my cops now to, you know, if you want to be accurate and transparent, that's great. And, again, I'll say it again, we're, we're, we're all for that. But you're asking my cops now and our cops to guess your age, your sex, your race. I'm not so sure how accurate those numbers are. Yeah, that's you crazy. Thank you. And I also Chief feel Shaw, it's bogging you down. Hard break. Absolutely. Chief Shaw, thank you so much for thank coming you for on. Coming and on. Thank you for keeping uh, all New Yorkers informed. Wow. Can you imagine? They have to take a guess of the sex, 
the background. It is just preposterous. You heard it right there from the chief of patrol talking with us earlier today on Cats and Cosby. Is this how we want to have our officers spending their time? This is the definition of insanity. Let's go to Isaac, line three. Isaac, your thoughts about all of this. Number one, Rita, I want to say thank you so much for everything you do. Thank you. You're a great voice for the people. Thank you, Isaac. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I try to just tell it like it is because we got to protect well, our police do, and do, our you communities. Do it, you, do it, you do it very, 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 very well. Very, you do it phenomenal. Thank you, Isaac. And and also, I would like number one. I want everyone uh, also about the hostages. Just they're in Gaza. They're in Gaza. Just everyone should pray that they should get out and everything. And every uh, we, we should not forget about them because they're there right now. And they're suffering. So everyone should just know that every, all your listeners, everything. You know what, Isaac? I'm so glad that you're talking about that because there are still so many hostages that are still uh, there. And also, you heard that they're flooding the tunnels. That's a that's yes. a really uh, and you understand why the Israelis are trying to do what they can to, of course, eradicate Hamas. They've got uh, Biden, who's kind of waffling all over the place. And he doesn't support them. He doesn't support them. He doesn't. He he says he says in public that he does, but behind their backs, he he he's pushed by Rashida Tlaib and and Elon Omar, and he's scared. He, he he puts politics before the people. Done. Well, you know what? We're seeing a pattern like that, Isaac, and that's what's really troubling is because he there are even reports out there, and this to me is so disconcerting, Isaac, that he is even thinking of sort of withholding aid, if you will, on many accounts. You know, I mean, how is that, how is that uh, you know, being fair to our greatest ally in the Middle East by saying, oh, we're going to maybe be a little late on weapons to you when you're in the middle of this war? And now I don't have any faith he's going to even respond appropriately on the back end either. I mean, look at what we're dealing with right now with after this attack that happened in Jordan. I have no faith about this whatsoever. By the way, Isaac, what do you think about this new police bill, too? It's crazy. It's crazy. What they do to the cops, they, they don't care. They, all they care about is politics. That's all. They care about votes, and that's all they care about. It's crazy. They, they want to make the city dangerous. It, it comes to mind, what, why do they want us to live in danger? I don't understand. Yeah, I just, don't either. Just, and why would you make a why would you make a job why would you make a cop's job uh busier and more cumbersome? How does that help uh you know, communities? How does that inspire police to come to work every day? We have such a huge attrition rate right now. So many cops are leaving New York because they just can't take it anymore. And it's so dangerous. And then this is the thanks they get. Hey, we're gonna bog you down with paperwork. If you're a cop, you go, hey, forget it. I'm going to go somewhere where they appreciate me. Your thoughts, Isaac, on all of this? It, it, it's it's not only the cops; it's the military also. Look, we have our military in the Middle East. They're getting they're getting attacked left and right, and Joe Biden doesn't do anything about it. You go; it, it, it's everything, everything. They're making all the good people just not want to do good, they, and they're making all the bad people just want to do more bad. Yeah. That, whole way. You're right. They just make the good people not want to do good. The bad people want to do more bad. Yeah. And that's that's a bad place to be. You're you hit it on the head. The good people are just so frustrated and the bad people, they're emboldened. And uh, thank you, New York City Council. Wow. 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 Let's go to John real quick. Line four. John, your thoughts. 
Hey, how you doing, guys? Rita? Good, great. How you doing? Good. Here's my thoughts. Retired NYPD sergeant, right? He had these district attorneys deciding what laws we're going to enforce and not enforce. Did I just tell the city council that law is not going to be enforced? Not once, not ever. How about that? You know what? I wish they could. The problem is, well, you know what? I I actually wish, you know what I wish? And this is a hard thing to do. I wish like the police commissioner would say, guess what, everybody? I'm going to protect you and I don't want you to enforce it. That's a hard thing to do because, of course, he reports to the mayor. But boy, he'd get he'd get a huge applause from the rank and file, right? Yeah, but you know what? I don't expect the police commissioner because you have to enforce the laws no matter what. But the district attorney now, they decide I'm going to enforce this. I'm not going to enforce that law. They don't They don't enforce the laws for turnstile jumping, which is theft of service. They don't enforce any laws that are minor misdemeanors. So this is a nothing law. Just say I'm not going to enforce it. Go about your business offices. Do what you're doing. Do a great job that you're doing, and that's it. Well, John, you know all too well just how destructive this is. And by the way, thank you very much. Uh, I know you said you're a retired NYPD sergeant. Thank you so much for uh, keeping us safe and obviously still always supporting our great men and women in blue. We appreciate you, John. Uh, Believe me, I, I think about those turnstile jumpers, how much money we've lost. And you're right, they're not enforcing that. And yet they're putting the onus on cops. (laughs) <laughs> this is it truly is i feel like we're living in an alternate universe where like priorities are all upside down john uh and boy it is just a sad place to be and i i always keep our men and women in uniform in our prayers big time john thank you very very much and speaking of our men and women in uniforms let's now do our military support our heroes segment the rita cosby show presents support our heroes And everybody, this is the Tunnel to Towers Foundation Support Our Heroes segment with a very powerful story coming from San Francisco, California, where the San Francisco 49ers football team honored World War II veteran Marine Corporal Frank Wright for his service to the United States during the NFC Championship home game against the Detroit Lions. The veteran said that his three sons are also 49ers fans. By the way, he is 98 years old. He's a native of Arkansas. And he says that he was very confident that his favorite team would pull off a win. He said, hopefully I'll be able to make it to the Super Bowl because I know they're going to make it. And they did. And boy, he says, go Niners. By the way, I went to school with a number of the former players there on the 49ers team. Steve Young and Mike Young uh, went to my high school, too. And, of course, those guys are great, great players. Uh, Veteran Wright said that he had had clearly a very storied career. And you think about what he did in the military. He said he came back from Guadalcanal, and he says he was there in Guam. He also is an Iwo Jima veteran. He said he was wounded by a machine gun on my chest, and it happened on March 3rd, 1945. He said in Guam, I had a bayonet in the stomach. Wow. Uh, Today, he is very active also in the Marine Corps Club, uh, does a lot with adventure clubs, rotary, and a whole bunch more. And he says, once a Marine, always a Marine. He said, I was a corporal, and I'm still a corporal in the Marine Corps. 
Once a Marine, you always stand by your men and women. What a great, great story and how beautiful to see that he was honored there at the NFC Championship game and how wonderful to see how much they love and appreciate the military as much as I know all of us do as well. And everybody, America's heroes need your help. Donate just $11 a month. That's all it takes to make such a huge difference to the great Tunnel to Towers Foundation at T2T.org, T2T.org. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about the deck stacked against New York City. And sadly, we are talking also about the problems in the border and Iran. There are so many issues It all goes to law and order and who will keep you safe and who isn't keeping you safe right now. And I can point the fingers in a lot of places. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike, line three real quick. Mike. Yes, Rita, thank you for accepting my call. Uh, I am totally pro-police over here in Brooklyn. I have 13 13 police officers from my block alone. Okay. Beautiful. Everything, everything from deputy inspector, ES sergeants, ESU deputy, uh, detective specialist, regular ESU guys, and patrol and, and transit. We have more, baby. <laughs> I love that. Now, what do you think of this crazy vote? I mean, now that you, you know, you're living around uh, heroes there. This vote is just to make a law against the police department. That's all it's for. This is so they can play statistics and play race against race, and 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 the police is going to come up behind the, the eight ball again. Yeah, that That's is that is the sad for. reality. How sad is that, Mike? My goodness. Uh, but you're right. It is. It's all about quotas. It's all about you know they can say, oh look how many people were stopped. Uh, it's you know it's the whole DEI thing. And guess what? As you know, uh, law enforcement should be focused on crimes not on trying to be uh, politically correct. Uh, and, and this is just, it's ridiculous. It is such an, it, it's, a, it's a complete insult. Mike, thank you very much. And I love your neighborhood, the best neighborhood in town. That's great. Thank you so much. Let's go to Stan real quick. Line one, Stan, you've been on hold, my friend. That's okay. I can call tomorrow. <laughs> no, no go ahead, Stan, real no, quick. No, you don't got time. It's all... Anyway, I'll make it quick. Uh, what have the Republicans done? Uh, one, they've done nothing. They won't, uh, they're going to impeach a guy that they can't even get out. The Senate's not going to do anything. They don't want to pass the bill with President Biden. They don't want to do they this. They shouldn't. They are going to lose they in the new election. Guess they what? Hey, Stan, Stan, President Stan, Biden, Stan, Stan, I, I mean, you're kidding me. Uh, no, they, they should not, they nothing. should not accept that lousy darn bill because the bill says, you know what? We're going to cap off 5,000 illegal migrants a day. Oh, that's really nice. We're going to let 5,000 people that are unvetted, we're going to let them come in. Uh, So, yeah, we can't control the border. They can control the border. There shouldn't be any deals when it comes to national security. Hold the line, Republicans. 
Hold the line. Don't listen to crazy Stan ever. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.